0: Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is No Bullshit Gaming Podcast 2.5 Gamers, session number 18. But this week, we're, we continue with the mobile gaming company happy hour, <laughs> where we do a deep dive on the mobile gaming company from the perspective of game design, UA, and admin. But let's not forget, this is a, still a 4 a.m. conference discussion vibe, so let's not be too serious about everything. And today... We have Felix, the admon guru, Braberg in the house, Jakub, game, disga- game design skeptic, Remiar, and Mate. You a bro, Lancharic. <laughs> hey guys. Oh,
1: <laughs> hello, hello. Mate, how are you? Like, Post COVID survival mate is so much nicer than pre COVID mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go things happen uh (laughs) the covid uh, evidently changed me a little bit but i feel fine so all good i mean it's been not so long since we recorded the last one (laughs) so what's changed the last couple of
1: days (laughs) this one uh this one is gonna be uh more interesting i think than the rovio one uh at least for me it took me a lot longer to get to my conclusions than with the other one yeah for me too
0: and uh this this episode is brought to you by, well, that could be your name, guys, but <laughs> <laughs> it's brought to you by us.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So and
0: next time, maybe. Yeah. Next and after time hearing
1: from our sponsors, yeah. now let's just dive into it. <laughs> so, as yeah. Maché mentioned, we'll be discussing King today. So, uh, before diving in, uh, just like last time, here's some top line information about King. So King, of course, as everyone knows, is owned by Activision Blizzard, and 2021, Activision posted 8.8 billion in revenue, which was their highest ever revenue. King made up 28 percent of that coming in at around two and a half billion. so that's in 2021, and this was their best year to date. So, in 2021, King grew by an impressive 416 million compared to 2020 numbers, or by about 19%. But, you know, on such big numbers, that's really impressive. Something to pull, like, something really impressive to pull off. So, the interesting thing here is that Activision Blizzard in 2021 only grew or only or grew by 800 million which is around 10 percent. which means that king was responsible for nearly half of activision's overall growth in 2021 in other there words king is an absolute beast so we have quite a mighty task here to look for yeah. chinks in his royal armor so starting us off today let's start it off with yeah. ua Manche. <clears throat>
0: Of course. But again, uh, just before I start, uh, I just uh, have one announcement to make. Uh, and we are officially the biggest two and a half gamer, gamers YouTube channel. <laughs> Thanks for subscribing. There are some other uh, like uh, uh, irrelevant dudes that are having the same uh, same name as we are. But now we are officially the, the biggest YouTube channel. So thank you very much for the support. Please keep on subscribing. And now hit the subscribe button before we go into the UA. So I, yeah, it was a kind of a a nice task. Um, I did a lot of research, um, not only uh, putting together some uh, information from various tools, but also uh, on the LinkedIn. And uh, so I divided my part into like general information about the UA, then um, some uh, spent uh, and the UA channel mix. And then obviously I'm going to talk about the creatives and uh, present some interesting facts and then so I want to just present also suggestions so I'm not only talking about what I found out but also what I think could be slightly better or what they should do. So let's start with the general information. I found out on LinkedIn mostly uh, because LinkedIn is my type of social media (laughs) where I hang out the most. The UA team is called performance marketing team, which is in gaming a little bit, um, well, different from all the other uh, companies. But I do see that they are um, divided into social and ad networks. So basically, their UA team or performance marketing team is divided into the UA managers, they are taking care of the, the socials, which is mainly Facebook, anyway, from the UA channels they are running at the moment, and TikTok, of course. But then ad networks, and um, they have hired uh, their head of UA only six months ago, and uh, she was um, leading um, a UA at Match, which is an online dating app. So this is interesting. I know if you are a, a big company as a Skink, I know like the talent pool is is pretty limited out there. But still, if you if you are hiring a head of UA or anyone in terms of UA, I would just more, most likely go for someone with exactly like seven years of experience, but from gaming, <laughs> not an online dating app. So, and what we found out today, the head of marketing left from uh, from King after I think it was like six years, seven, something like that, seven years. And who do you think that he joined? Dream games as a, as a CMO.
1: That's quite valid, though, because I'm assuming whoever yeah. is CMO at King right now, like that's pretty entrenched. Like, why would you want to leave oh, yeah. that position? Like, is there a bigger mobile gaming company you'll have to look quite hard?
0: Yeah, but there is a King is a corporation, basically. It's like three, almost three thousand people, and they are hiring like crazy on the multiple UA positions, which could mean like a lot of things, but from my understanding, I think, you know, they definitely need even like more manpower to, uh, to run the UA efficiently. And I see or saw a lot of people leaving and now, you know, maybe they're trying to replace them. But also my assumption could be that King is not paying that much, which, you know, can be very wrong. But why would you leave such a good, position after seven years, then just to, you know, have four, four months career break and then join Dream Games. But it can be only my assumption, obviously. Come on, man. <laughs> like, being a CMO, well, man, no, come on.
1: Like, obviously, head of yeah. marketing wants, wants to be a CMO. Like, it could just be that he got a C- Anyway, yeah, I digress. <laughs> come on.
0: And also what I found out uh, when I was digging into the King employees uh, that one of uh, their employees, whoever that might be, is actually working with me on one one project, (laughs) which also suggests, you know, if you are trying to find a different side jobs, then most probably you don't have, you know, you are not paid well and you have plenty of time as well. So, but it's okay let's uh let's let's stop with all these uh, assumptions that uh, from my side but from the LinkedIn um, research I also found out and also like talking to some some of the the guys from the industry King doesn't love agencies and they don't work with anyone from the UA uh, external work and they do everything in-house you know they do all they do work with an external agencies on the creative side so that's uh that's kind of interesting I not sure why is this happening or maybe I am because you know it can get a little bit political um on these levels you know, with these big companies so uh, you know if we are in-house UA and I think we've we've seen that even at Pixel Federation we were always always skeptical about bringing any any external help in-house because uh,
1: external help because you know like oh well
0: what if they they do it better than us? Does it, does it mean that we get fired?
1: Is that, is that why <laughs> Remo that's... started wearing sunglasses so no one could see his, like his expression?
0: Exactly, yeah. Oh, okay. Now he's playing he's playing seven other tables of poker on the on the side, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, sure. hear <laughs> <The camera on. laughs> I hear the clicking camera on. I hear
1: the clicking Remo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so in terms of spending, they are spending mainly on four games, which is Candy Crush Soda Saga, the then Candy Crush uh Farm Hero Saga and Pet Rescue Saga. And um, from what I saw in, in different tools, they started to ramp up the UA activities in the last three months, and mainly in maybe like one or like last one or two months. And, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, only Candy Crush, the original one, is, uh, is spending heavily on iOS, not other games, which, I mean, why this could be? Any, any ideas, guys?
1: Because they don't need to do UA anymore because they beat UA?
0: What does it mean they don't need to do UA anymore? You know, like I know, like the, they have a big comfort comfort audience, candy crush. and
1: then like they can just like <laughs> live ops, and then just keep making money, and no one ever leaves because it's a never-ending cycle.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they still run UA on Android, so why would they run UA at all, right? So that's uh, that's a different story. But <clears throat> would be great to actually check their uh, iOS strategy with someone from the from the UA team because maybe just uh, Candy Crush, the original one, is just big enough to be sustainable on the iOS. It's getting bigger enough every month. Every month. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but this this could be just like a only viable option for them because every other game, and I know we discussed this, like every other game that they launched the, is having like lower revenues than the original Candy Crush Saga. So might be might be I would still love to love to talk to someone about why the fuck they are not running it because this is leaving a lot of money on the table, guys. Okay. The let's let's get back to to the UA and uh, and the top channels they are um, running and like what kind of channels they are running at the moment and the one of the biggest channels at the moment for almost all their games is a big surprise drum roll, priest. <laughs> it's loving. Wait, Wait what, what, was it? what
1: was it? What
0: was it? It was Upload. What? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I know it looks like uh, we don't like Upload from the, the sessions that we are discussing in the last couple of uh, times, but it's actually quite we do awesome. Like up-loving. What are you talking about? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do quite. <laughs> 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 yeah, we love you guys, so, uh, but I was really um, surprised, but then I was uh, thinking about it a little bit more and it actually makes all the sense because they have the Matchington Mansion Project Makeover and these games they scale the Uplavin scaled heavily so I bet this is mostly thanks to the Uplavin inventory so uh, I hope I don't Get uh, corrected after after these sessions, but guys uh, from Uploading, if, if this is not true, let me know. But I still I still believe that like Uploading inventory is very suitable for the match free genre, and therefore Candy Crush is Candy Crushing it on Uploading. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I can do these dead jokes now. So, <laughs> but main uh, an original Candy Crush. I think we see the same pattern as we discussed with Rovio. So mainly, so this is the only game that is not uh, heavily reliant on the Upload, although they started running Upload uh, this month. or Well, this month it's already June, so in May last month. But the main channel for them is, is Google UAC. So all the game running uh, a lot of uh, UA channel, uh, UA activities on Google it makes a lot of sense because uh, that's how it works uh, these days. But in terms of the company-wide um, UA policy or UA activities, they're running 15 channels. Besides main ones, which is uh, Facebook, UAC, Unity, Iron Source, and Applavin, we can see traffic coming from TikTok, Vanga, Mintegral, interesting, and then Ad Colony, Chartboost, and Twitter. But we also see a very small test on Reddit, Pinterest, Yahoo, and some like very small, no-name uh, UA channels here and there. So if if we compare King to Rovio, I would say King is diversifying the UA portfolio way better. And I mean, if we compare King to Rovio, King is like what triple the size yeah, of Rovio. We need so to compare
2: guess... Playrix with King. That's that's the thing okay. you want to compare.
1: Ooh. Did we just Ooh, pick our next all right. one? Oh my god. <laughs> oh,
0: sh- <laughs> I just wanted to do a uh, comparison to Rovio because we discussed that. And yeah, now we need to I need to play, discuss Playrix, I guess. All right, thanks. Thanks, Jakub. <laughs> so some interesting facts. So I think um, I found out, yeah, like the Candy Crush is spending 90% of the budget on Google UAC. And then we have Facebook, Unity and Vangle. And as, as I said, they're starting to push uh, up Lavin in May. In terms of the countries, and this is um, most probably way different from the other, other games I, I managed before and, uh, and in terms of the top countries, in terms of spent, they are spending heavily on iOS in Germany, which is okay, uh, then US, Austria, Aust- Australia and Canada. So the Austria there is, uh, is definitely a big surprise. I mean, it's a really small market. But in terms of the Google Google Play, they are spending heavily in US, which is not a surprise, but then Canada, Australia, UK, and Indonesia. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever that means. Whatever that means. Uh, do they have- um, soft launch now, right, Rima? Um, hmm. oh. We'll see. Depends. Yeah, right. it depends yeah. on the game. But- uh, do they have, uh, well, I haven't played Candy Crush for a long time. Do they have already ads in the Candy Crush, the original they one? They do,
1: they do. Uh, really? uh, this is okay, the,
2: like like a problem I ran into today when I was researching some last bits on this, that there are people that are actually complaining on Candy Crush forums that don't ha- they don't have ads anymore and they have them okay. before. And they're like, oh, you're not part of the test group, blah, blah, blah,
1: ah. stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> So they're I was saying getting that, ads. I've been playing it a lot lately
2: for this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was getting ads, yeah. And, and then there I found out people complaining that after they paid, they're never seeing the ads or the possibility to get ads and stuff like that. So I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's kind of something in between. It's not the staple, but definitely the ads was there. It's not yeah. not that there were never ads like in a Supercell game.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know I know they were just uh, in the middle of like, experimenting with ads Uh the Candy Crush guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, this it is interesting because this is not the first time I'm, I'm hearing this, that some of the, the players actually complain about. Uh, the, not these having are forums and... from
2: last year. So this is pretty recent. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. And with the with the three other games that are um, that they are spending heavily, we see 30% of the whole budget goes to Uplavin and then we have Google, obviously, and then Facebook and Unity. In terms of the creatives, and this was the most interesting part. And I was laughing so hard, like, guys, you're a kink and I know like you have the brand department, so you can't fuck around too much. But why the fuck are you working with gameplay only in creatives? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Repeat after me. It doesn't make any sense to run gameplay only. (laughs) There was a, like one iteration, uh, which I found kind of like cute and nice. They put little faces on their candies. And so as soon as they you, you match them, they smiled and just ran away. I mean, this is nice, but it was like only thing, like only innovation. Seriously. <laughs> In the candy and these creatives
1: are super high end as well. Like, you know, AAA, like really well made, like polished to a T as well. It's the gameplay, nothing else. Okay. dude. It's. I
0: mean, they. I found two iterations. One with, uh, with small eyes, and then the, the second iteration with like huge black eyes that I posted in the in the doc. So that was the only thing that they had been running on on multiple channels. Plus, they're definitely leveraging the um, the power ups in the in the creatives. But that's it in terms of the Candy Crush. So I know. They're using uh, like a hand, a female hand, but it's not consistent enough. It's just one time is uh, without any nails. Then you have a hand with the red nails. And I know like this was heavily uh, experimented with uh, at peak. So they found out actually like if you have like a red nail versus pink nail, it makes a difference in terms of conversion, which is interesting. But here, not that much. So I also found out they are still running a winter creative. So, hey guys, um, if you're listening to this, check your Unity, saw the Saga account and also maybe Facebook and Google account and see if it actually produces results because it's it's June already and I don't believe this is actually performing well. On the other hand, what I believe is irrelevant. If it makes sense for you guys, then of course, run it. As long as you want, but still, this uh, from from the outside doesn't make any sense. And uh, and with Farm Hero Saga, they are trying to actually copy the Royal Match creatives, <laughs> which <laughs> which could be good, but this is very weird combination with like something like uh, leatherboards and tournaments. For me and uh, and female uh, oriented players, I'm not sure if this makes so much sense. Uh, but again, this is only my uh, my opinion but you see a classic match uh, free help scenario uh, in the farm hero saga creatives but they're showing a lot of headlines into your face like hey tournament be the first in the letterboards. like what the fuck is happening i i didn't know where to focus in that in those creatives and if i can't do it like how would you think uh, your female core 35 45 plus in the us can actually focus in, in that crazy like what what do you think they can they would do it's just too flashy, and, uh, and one other, oh, I think, like one one last uh, petty rescue saga with uh, with the Royal Match creatives as well. They're also trying to trying to copy this, but we always see a positive outcome of the of the rescuing creative, which is the quite opposite of what is working actually for the for the Dream Game Dream Game guys and Royal Match. This this creative works mainly because you know you, you see all the all the suspense. It's just like, you really want to save that, uh, that king and uh, like all these like puppies and, and the pets, but actually you fail. So, you know, after, after the creatives, uh, is shown, you just want to re- really, rescue the, what, whoever is in the creative. And then what, what do you do? Well, I download the game and then rescue, rescue them by myself. <laughs> that's, that's the, you know, that's the main assumption, but, uh, Okay, so I have some suggestions uh, to you guys, actually, and um, and I would start with ramping up the volume on on Unity. For Christ's sakes, Unity is working really well for merge games, cooking games, and other female-oriented games. So why would it wouldn't it work for you guys as well? It just needs some extra manpower to pull that off. And since you are hiring a, a lot of a lot of people in a lot of different positions, I think uh, it should be doable. Um, then I would experiment with, uh, the external agencies. It doesn't need to be like, you need to onboard like 10, uh, external agencies. And I know like it's a very tough job to, to find uh, the proper external help, but, uh, you should definitely try to do that at least once or twice because that those external p- new power of eyes can be helpful. And I know, as I said, it's can, it can be political, but it help uncover. A lot of things that you don't see since you are, you know, in the vids and trenches are just too much. And in terms of the creative, I would very much suggest to try ASMR creatives, slicing all your candies. Slice ASMR slicing was the top of the, the hyper-casual game for some time. And even um, Coin Master started slicing their coins and it worked really well for them so I would definitely suggest to do that for you guys and uh, you know I see similar creatives uh, for calm the, the meditation app and they are doing these like ASMR concepts uh, relaxing and calming um, which can work pretty well with relaxing with uh, with candy crush and also when you copy competitors be sure that you understand like why the creative is working for them and try to improve that for you and not the quite opposite. (laughs) All right. Questions? Comments?
2: Yeah, I have a great example in my part regarding that new pair of UAIs.
0: There you go. Amazing. We can get to that.
2: But uh, yeah, pretty comprehensive. I would say, are you suggesting that, let's say if you would compare Playrix versus King, which are the, let's say the biggest rivals Mm -hmm. here, that Playrix is pretty much using their Marketing creatives to its fullest.
0: They would put them into the pocket. This is King, and it's like <laughs> bam to the pocket. <laughs> That's it. Lyrics. Those guys are masters in terms of the creatives. They invented all these uh, shitty creatives, but nobody cares because uh, you know they don't have the brand department. Thank God, because they you know they like to earn money and grow. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and i know i will get uh, eaten alive but for saying this but i don't care i don't really mm.
2: care even though the candy crush is still growing heavily these days and players can suffer uh, like a decline
1: in downloads last half year
0: yeah but they can grow they can grow even more that's the thing
1: mm. did you see like when you're looking into it like is this ua fueled growth or is it them getting more from their existing user base which is really big
0: yeah, you mean the, King? The ReMo said Yeah. Yeah, ReMo said no, 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 in it's, terms it's, of it's
1: it's no no no. Player is declined in
2: terms of downloads. King pretty much stays mm-hmm. on the same level but the revenue is still okay. coming up because they are super super like hyper efficient with their live ops. Like yeah pretty yeah pretty yeah. much I'm the boost sure of that, Live yeah. ops there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that's the thing. I mean, if you have like really good live op systems that fuels the way. So like and, and I I I, I <laughs> I don't say their UA sucks. That's not that's nowhere near. I, I wanted to say it's just this can be so much better. This can be so much better. Yeah. And of course, guys, like kudos to you. You're doing such an amazing job. I mean, uh, running so many games, heavily pushing on four of the main uh, main games on 15 channels, that's not an easy job. Of course, it's really great. So
1: good job. Cool. I guess that brings us to Admon. So this one was quite a big challenge from Ad's perspective. Uh, King, as we said before, (laughs) is a absolute juggernaut. Uh, Plus, their costs and revenues are not really broken out in Activision Blizzard's financial statements. Mm. So, uh, how I went about doing this was I started playing everything from Candy Crush to Bubble Witch 3 to Crash Bandicoot, and I got to say, like Ah. Candy Crush, man, it's so polished. I haven't played it for like two or three years, but it's so clean. It's just such a shame I was playing it for the ads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So most of these titles, of course, except for Crash, are super IAP heavy. Uh, but I did start getting ads after some time in pretty much all of these games. And very like I got a very well-made ATT prompt in all the games when I played on iOS. So, and it even showed me like a list of all the possible ad sources. So no easy win there. And I heard a rumor a couple of years ago that they only do branding ads, but I got gaming ads from Unity, AdMob, IronSource, and Facebook. So, no big warning flag there. So, I was starting to lose hope if I was a bit <laughs> honest. I was like, should I call Remo and just be like, how about the mad placement? Huh? What, what kind of uplift do you think? <laughs> but I didn't. So, basically, nice. I stopped uh, by playing the games. So, the hunt led me away from the games and into the Activision Blizzard 2021 annual statement, which, by the way, like, Compared to Rovio's annual statement, this one is boring as fuck. Guys, have you ever heard <laughs> of colors? Like, No. I guess, you, I guess when you make like $8 billion a year, like you're not allowed to have fun anymore. And that really shows yeah, in your exactly. financial statement. <laughs> yeah, it needs Compared to be boring. To one, like this one is nothing. <laughs> so anyway... So I started reading and nestled in on the bottom of page 61 of this 68-page document. Thanks a lot for that. (laughs) I found my like ad chink in King's Royal Ad Armor. And it reads. I'm going to do this reading. So this is a direct quote from page 61. The pricing and terms of all of our kind of revenue-driving advertising arrangements are governed by either a master contract or an insertion order. The transaction price in advertising arrangements arrangements governed by an insertion order is generally the product of the number of advertising units delivered, impressions or videos viewed, and the contractually agreed-upon price per advertising unit. So this what does it mean, means does it mean that... custom mediation? No, this means that King is not selling their impressions on the open market and it's selling their inventory the old school media way by negotiating prices with that networks in a contract and then selling it to them directly.
0: What? Mm. No mediation,
1: boys. Yes, I don't the have the to call Remo. <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was custom mediation. So wow. this got me Oof. looking, uh, so basically, uh, <laughs> I logged into our favorite <clears throat> analytics platform and I took a quick scan of the SDKs of the top nine games by DAU. So Candy Crush had the most SDKs. It had three ad oh. SDKs, Iron Source, AdMob and Facebook, and all the other eight games, except for Crash Bandicoot, uh, had two SDKs, AdMob and Facebook. Nice. Okay. Which means that these guys are selling direct to either AdMob or Facebook for the majority of their ad transactions. So general rule of thumb here is that the more ad SDKs you have integrated or the more ad networks you work with, the higher the ECPM due to competition when you're selling it on the open market. So. Kind of from here, I was able to make some educated assumptions based on my own experience and the data I have. So I took the nine biggest King games by DAU, which start at 20 million DAU, which is Candy Crush, and went all the way down to Bubble Witch 3, which has 28,000 DAU. So I only assume- Wait,
0: wait, 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 Bubble Witch 3 has 28,000 DAUs. Yeah. Is this dead, dead already? What the fuck? Why is it so low?
2: Bubble Witch 3? No, it makes makes something like uh, three, three, three million a month or something.
1: Bubble Witch 3 has 28,000 users. when I checked it on our favorite data platform. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: That's I said. Yeah. Okay. So okay. still pretty big revenue. Yeah. Quite impressive. I mean, nice. it's still the king we're dealing yeah, with here, okay. guys. Like, I <laughs> know, I know. Make, I know, make I know, no I know. assumption. Know. Like... Yeah.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Yeah. So I only assumed that they had rewarded video ads uh, because it's the only one I ever saw. So I estimated the ad viewer rate to be between, depending on the game, between 20% on the high LTV games like Candy Crush and 60% on like Crash Bandicoot. So I kind of handicapped it. And impressions per DAU, I also had to handicap for the nine games to be somewhere in the range of one to four. So the same rule here. So you'll get the higher amounts like in the lower kind of yeah lower IAP games. So due to their large user base, this brought me to a number of around 13 million impressions per day, which needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Cause there's no way I can actually know that, but that's an educated guess. Uh, This brings us to ECPM here as well. I have no way of knowing what their ECPM is because they actually negotiate it between mainly two networks, Facebook and AdMob. So again here, grain of salt. So I picked an average global ECPM of $17. So here's the big caveat. If you work at King and you know this number and you want to leak it to me, I can easily plug it into my model and then it will be more accurate <laughs> I will leave my email in the show notes and I will yeah, keep it strictly confidential.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The same way I, I didn't mention who this person is working on the, in the UA field yeah. and working with me on that project.
1: So I went a bit low here since it's negotiated uh, with only like two or three network uh, networks, which in my experience would never give you the same price as if you're doing it on the open market. Yeah. But what this does, this brings us to roughly around 250K a day in ad revenue for King or about $91 million a year. So does this pass kind of the sniff test? This is around three and a half percent of King's overall revenue. And I think that sounds relatively reasonable. Um, So that would be about 1% or 1.04% of overall Activision Blizzard revenue comes from actual King ad revenue. So if you launch a normal game on the open market in terms of mediation with only two networks and you have the scale that King has, I guarantee you, you will not be reaching your full ad ARPDAU potential. So usually what you say here is like any game over like 20K a day, you need at least five to six different networks to really unlock like the highest ECPM possible. Yeah, so because you have
0: a lot of daily users, so uh, it needs a lot more um, networks. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. So I've done this on some larger games that are around like 25 to 35K a day, where you go from maybe three or four networks to six. And kind of the general number I see here is usually with optimizations, you get about a 30% bump in ECPM after doing like really good optimizations because also ad networks favor large sources where they can get a lot of impressions. Mm. So they can really get the big guys in the spending. Uh, So using this number, I estimate that if King sold its inventory on the open market while also adding more networks, they will increase their daily ad revenue from three hundred and eleven uh, to three hundred and eleven thousand dollars a day, which would be about one hundred and thirteen million a year. So that would mean a roughly a one percent increase in overall revenue from King, or about a 03 percent increase for Activision Blizzard as a whole. So uh. these numbers are a bit shaky since I don't know the starting ECPM. But what I will stand by here are the ratios. Yeah. So, like, that is to say, like, whatever their starting point is, I believe that there is a 30% gain plus to be made yeah. if they move to selling their inventory on the open market through mediation instead of just negotiating between two or three networks. So, there you have it. I think at least $22.7 million more a year can be easily achieved per king. But I want to add, like, if these contracts aren't well negotiated, uh, it could probably be even double that. So, yeah, that sums up Admon. <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, I still think yeah, the well. the branding can outweigh the you know focus on Admon here. Like, if we imagine, let's say, when was it last year or the year before, there was a Candy Crush themed reality show in America, which yeah. I guess was like a pretty big marketing expense. So yeah, the brand is still super strong. So I'm not really kind of think that they will get their focus sure, back on that. It,
0: yeah, is it that strong as uh, 46 million a year? I'm not sure.
2: I uh, definitely it is.
1: Here's the thing though. Okay. Here's the thing. Like, like even if you adopt it, like, what's like, what's this game? Like, what's the percentage conversions to payers? Like three percent maximum, maybe even a bit more since it's king. But Candy like, Crush. Yeah, Candy yeah. Crush. Don't know. Like uh, the the thing with Candy Crush is that it's still actively
2: growing, yeah. and I, I'm I'm guessing you want to keep that kind of a premium feel of this is the mighty Candy Crush, which won't really you know infest your game with ads. Mm. To kind of use a more negative term here.
1: Yeah. I mean. Okay,
0: but you know, like this is very similar to what we discussed with Supercell, like, and why Supercell should in- implement ads and you know, Candy Crush shouldn't. Supercell won't have a brand. choice
1: except to implement ads at some point because it's Tencent that runs it. So.
0: Yeah, I know I know, I know, I know.
1: But here it will be
2: soon Microsoft who will in the end That's run true. Candy Crush. There you go. Yeah, exactly.
1: Anyway, like, oh, I would like, can I kind of like tie this off, and before we hand it off to Remo, who probably has the worst segment to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to tie it off in saying, like, this is a CEO decision. Like, that's something a CEO yeah. and the C level will decide. Like, you present mm-hmm. the data as you find it, but there is definitely a lot of more revenue you can unlock here. And if you put blocks in place, like only showing ads to a certain number of users or a subset, you can probably negate losing any of kind of yeah revenue yeah, in from IAPs pre-
0: premium feel. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more about
1: the premium feel, or let's say prestige feel here.
0: Prestige Phil. So Prestige Phil Collins. I want <laughs> to I wanna hand it over to
1: Remo now because you have the shittest job ever because you have to, like, critique this on game design when they are the kings of game design. Yeah, <laughs> something in that matter. But, like but are they? Yeah, are but they? are they?
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, the, que- that's the question. That.
2: <laughs> yeah. Let me just well, start by... after this short break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just start that... Uh, yeah, this is definitely not the comprehensive, like super, super big overview of the whole company because it's just too big. So I'm trying to kind of pinpoint, like, let's say the biggest facts and the biggest key takeaways here uh, from
1: what I Why can... Why are you
0: saying all these excuses bef- <laughs> even before you, you started? Come on. Yeah, There's no bullshit gaming podcast, dude. Just stop whining and start.
1: Yeah, you say like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, have fuck. done the best ever like analysis, here it is. Okay, let's start. Yeah. the best ever
0: analysis. Yeah, there team. you go. Ah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so
2: um, yeah, first thing, <laughs> let me just borrow this piece of data that was uh, in Deconstructor of Fun uh, predictions for this year. That's like always uh, good to read. And they have it uh, greatly framed here, uh, because I think this is really important to tell, especially when we're talking about the creatives, Mate, here, mm-hmm. that... King is the biggest competitor to Playrix and Playrix is the biggest competitor to King. And they, these two are pretty switching the throne of the puzzle genre, where puzzle genre is currently dominated by Puzzle & Decorate, which is the Guardianscapes, Homescapes, mm-hmm. and them yeah. games, which comprise of pretty much 60% of this Puzzle & Decorate subcategory, which is mm-hmm. th- 36% of the overall uh, puzzle market, which is currently something like 2.5 billion. Uh, And then the classic match, as the taxonomy would call it, the classic match trigger and represented by Candy Crush, those are 30% of the market share, reaching something in vicinity of 2 billion, whereas King Portfolio is currently taking 70% of that market by mainly Candy Crush, Candy Crush Soda Saga and all the other crushes pretty much. Uh, The important fact is also that Candy Crush this year turned 10 years and it has grew almost 50 percent in the last three years like i could end the report (laughs) just here just now yeah okay thank you very much and
0: that's it yeah
2: so this is like a miraculous feat literally uh I, i don't think so there's like an equivalent here in the industry even if we take let's say clash of clans that could be like a good example of a evergreen game, which is turning, I think, 10 years yeah. again, either last year or this year, uh, and it still didn't grow 50%. It's stable and like pretty much holding the really good revenue that it's making, but it's not growing 50%, which for a 10-year-old game is yeah, out, outstanding. That's really. really impressive. Yeah, that's uh, really yeah. impressive. So as I said, uh, every year, King and Playrix pretty much are neck-to-neck in race to be the top publisher. In 2020, Playrix was uh, ousted by King again, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. sorry, Playrix ousted King. And then in 2021, King took again the throne uh, to be nice. the best puzzle publisher. So that's as for the market. Uh, regarding the like other thing that you can see in the market, uh, there's the puzzle and decorate Sabražana. Those are the Hope Hopescapes games. Then you have the classic mystery, represented by King. And then you have the Tile Blast games, which again, oh. are catching up a little bit as the new kid on the block. Uh, Not that big, but represented, I would say, by one of the biggest growth here, mainly by the guys from Turkey. Uh, Peak Games, they were acquired Mm -hmm. by Zynga, now acquired by Take-Two. And then, of course, Dream Games, which is the new unicorn on the block, I guess, waiting to be acquired with their hit game Royal Match. Let's
0: not go there yet. Yeah, let's not go there yet.
2: Yeah, so if we look at Kinghold portfolio regarding the IAPs uh, from last year, uh, they're making around 1.5 billion of revenue uh, just from the IPs. So I'm guessing there's some additional millions or hundreds of millions somewhere there in the ads because yeah we cannot see that through our data platforms that we're scouring. But uh, yeah, it's 1.5 bill. And uh, the interesting fact is that again. There are three games that are making 87% of the overall revenue here, which is Candy Crush sitting at 58% something, Candy Crush Soda Saga 20% something, and Candy Crush Friends Saga 7% something. And then there's just less and less percentages. Uh, Yeah, what we can see from this, similar trend with Rovio, where the games are really old. Candy Crush, as I said, <laughs> is ten years old. <laughs> Candy Crush Soda Saga is eight years old, and Friend Saga is the newest one. Even though it's the newest one, yep. it's already five or six years old.
0: Yeah, true. But they—they're not—at least they're not heavily investing in that title, according to what I saw. It's, uh, it's the Friends Rescue thing? and. Yeah, the friends. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's Obviously, the... spend, spending something, but not as as high as the other. Yeah, other that's games. the
2: main problem with this whole Candy Crush morphing business, <laughs> where <laughs> there's this rule like Moore's law, where your every like every next Candy Crush is making less than the previous less money. one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, so I remember back in the days where let's say you were comparing something like uh, let's say Machine Zone games where you would have Mobile Strike mm. and Game of War, those would yeah. be making pretty much the same. There wasn't that big of a diminishing returns factor. Uh, these games work a little bit differently. So yeah, let's see it's how- It's different genre, so
0: you can't compare that.
2: Yeah, but also different, you know, marketing formula, whereas there you were- yeah, feeding yeah. the well, oh, yeah, so yeah, You sure, need sure, to
0: keep sure. the audience yeah. there. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, King regarding their portfolio is the biggest example of cross portfolio marketing or cross cross game marketing, however you want to call it. I remember there were like a lot of these kind of suggestions in the industry. Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna drive traffic from one game to the other, and they're gonna, you know, be hanging in our ecosystem forever and blah blah blah. No, yeah, yeah you can't. <laughs> <laughs> there are just few companies that can do this, and King is one of them. Like I think the prime one of them. So they they really know what they're doing here. So. Uh, if you look at those three big games, uh, Candy Crush, yeah, that's the original game that pretty much brought it in. Started on browser before on uh, Facebook games uh, in 2012 in April, and then in uh, November it was done. It was released also on mobile. One of the let's say biggest things that Candy Crush did was its monetization model. I remember seeing st- like a case study from King where they were showing how pretty much. Like one study changed the monetization of the whole game because the interesting part was that before on the browser, if you remember to plus five moves thing, you would have Uh it during the gameplay. So you could use it anytime you want. But what they did during the test, what they put it only after you lose at the end and only then you could use the, the, the power up. And this simple change <laughs> had so drastic effect on the monetization that that was pretty much the magic formula right there. That you all, yeah. like the the game, the puzzle games from that moment were created in a way that the balancing and the you know the mathematics behind it is the biggest problem of it all. And you need to create the levels in a way that usually people end up in this one more move formula where they have this sunk cost fallacy, like they have been, you know, trying to beat this level. They're really frustrated. They have even these kind of frustration ratios and churn prevention ratios. And like match three games are literally like data science. And if you frame the plus five or plus three moves and and players already see that that one move will make them kind of pass the level, they will convert. And they, this is, this is the money-making machine of those games. the, The best principle there is. So, Candy Crush is literally the behemoth in the industry. It's still occupying the top charts every year. Uh, currently, I'm guessing it's making its biggest revenue in its lifetime, which is something to behold of. Uh, it's somewhere only from IAPs. I'm seeing something in the city like 80 million here, 80, 81 million plus. This, this is just from hey. mobile IAPs per month, per month yes. Per month of course nice. so Wait, for, then for, which added game? for which game candy crush candy, crush. candy crush. Oh, okay candy crush ios android mobile only only ips so if this is around yeah, yeah, 81 yeah. million then we add in the ads oh. the mystery number that we don't know and then probably yeah. browser mm. is also still making a lot of revenue yeah, yeah for sure, we're, for sure. We're, we're, we're probably crossing 100 mil already
0: oh yeah
2: yeah so th- this is yeah that's kind of an, nice and as said before Candy Crush just keeps on growing and growing. The biggest kind of a change was somewhere during year 2017 where the revenue nearly doubled. Uh, what happened? Um, you know? I think that's because of the mastery of ops that King pretty much brings into the game. The really important part is that they have the content treadmill. And by content treadmill, I mean Candy Crush currently has 11,825 levels. <sighs>
1: <laughs> Man, just yeah, imagine! It it like, I started playing it this week. Like, imagine that, like playing through all that. You can not. play this for another ten years. <laughs>
2: the- yeah, oh. because uh, these games, you know, they are big content consumption machines. You need to feed, feed the levels in. Like I think I was comparing it at one point when I was doing some match tree research. That you add like forty levels every three weeks or something like that, and people just eat yeah. through it. And and then you add more. Of course, more. in one day. And, and, one day. And, and you keep, yeah, yeah. And keep in mind that you need to also add a new mechanics and twists. So usually the rate of like a new mechanic will somewhere between like forty levels or something like that. And then you try to kind of switch it around and see what happens. But yeah, the level design on this game, like, there's yeah, outstanding. When you
0: say when you say uh, live ops mastery in 2017, can you just pick like something like? Yeah, you know, they added leagues into
2: leaks. their game, let's say. Bronze leagues, silver leagues, ah, golden okay. okay. leagues. Yeah. Oh, nice. You know, oh. really competitive okay. leaderboards, events. They have like okay. 20 different types of events that they rotate. Those are kind of twists on the gameplay. Uh, a okay. lot of games are using those. Like I, I know, let's say, Playrix also did some of those initially when mm-hmm. they were doing. So, yeah, they are really the masters of the live okay. ops here. And, and, of course, you just keep progressing on the saga and, you know. Eating oh, yeah, thousands. of course. 11,000 yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. levels. So, Oof, so, wow, so this, is, this, is, yeah, this is really great. Like uh, anybody that is going into mobile gaming, you should check out Candy Crush and how they did it. This is one of the staples in the industry. So that's there. Um, yeah, going later, let's say, uh, Candy Crush Soda Saga, which was released in 2014, still performs really, really, really well. The game again casually makes something around twenty-five million a month, which is an IPs. Even though it's oh, yeah. like three times less than its bigger sister, it's still making like so much money. Because again, this is based on that cross portfolio effect where you run out of lives on Candy Crush, you can still have your mm-hmm. rising in Candy Crush Soda Saga, which Kings I guess utilizes to its limits. Mm-hmm. And it's completely okay for match three players to be playing multiple match three games. So this fits well really in their portfolio. So, yeah, this is pretty much just, again, uh, another twist on their usual Candy Crush gameplay with some kind of a different mechanics. You have those flying fishes around that is the staple for Soda Saga, which is all tamed around like bottles and sweet, sweet uh, juices. So that's there. Uh, And then then we have, let's say, the newest of the entrants, which is Candy Crush Friends Saga. But actually, this is the fourth iteration of the Candy Crush formula, because before we had Candy Crush Jelly Saga. That was released Mm, in 2015, but uh, Candy Crush Friends Saga makes a little bit more. But it's still really, really small compared to its sisters, where Candy Crush Friends Saga currently makes something like 4 million a month. Compared to its bigger sister, like main one, which makes eighty. Hundred
0: plus, so yeah. Let's let's stop here. So, what you are saying? They have a pretty interesting um, growth of all their old games, but what kind of games they actually launched in the last three years? Besides the, can- oh. the Crash Bandicoot bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> we,
2: we have some notes on those. Let's continue. Oh, very oh, good. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so this, like, this is the end of the Candy Crush, uh, let's say live family mm. of the main IP, yeah, which okay. is Candy Crush. Uh, as I said, Candy Crush, Candy Crush Soda, Jelly and then Friends yeah. Saga. Uh, then we have the Ped Rescue Saga, which is really old one, yep. still casually makes around 3 million. But uh, note that this is the <laughs> only game that's a blaster game in their portfolio. Yep. Yeah, which is yeah, click it's to match, mechanics. not a matched yep. in one. Uh, then they have the Bubble Witch 2 and Bubble Witch 3 Saga. Uh, those are blaster ones like a panda pop a similar game those are i think (laughs) all coming from the old nintendo game mechanic forgot the name of the game but yeah this is pretty much that one uh these are still making somewhere in their usual like a back burner game with four millions or three millions a month so yeah
0: yeah decent (laughs) still super decent still super (laughs) good but again
2: not like a main main game and then uh i would say This is, this is like the main match three portfolio. Then we have games in the other genre and the mid core attempt. Let's let's call it nine hood. Yeah. yeah, We have, we have notes on those. So let (laughs) me just, uh, say that last game on their main account is candy. Uh, sorry. Crash Bandicoot.
0: Yeah. Which,
2: yeah. Um, to me, it seems more of a brand big flop. Yeah. Unfortunately it's an endless runner. which fits the genre because original Crash Bandicoot was an endless runner in itself, it had a really big spike of like 30, nearly 30 million downloads during the launch month. Uh, but translated to revenue, it did something in vicinity of like 1.3 million. And currently the game is getting something in like a million downloads a month compared to 60k IP revenue.
1: Yeah, yeah so they, 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 they haven't move. really like done a good job on implementing ads. Like Crash yeah, Bandicoot is 100% an ad game. Like 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like look yeah, at but... all the other endless runners that have made it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like ads. But you have the ad, brand. Yeah, ads at
0: work. The brand. <laughs> sure. But still, you, you on one hand you have the brand, but on the other hand you have still, uh, you know, you're a public company right yeah so you yeah need to, you know i would say <laughs> it's, it's surfers, for, like i don't think yeah, they make a lot yeah. of money
1: on iaps it's ad revenue yeah it's ad revenue well, of yeah.
2: course <laughs> but i'm just saying like of course this is not really utilized potential to its fullest but i would still say probably activision or whoever is the original of the app step in and you know they still have the priority within the pc game i remember crash could released their pc collection somewhere recently mm. like two years three years ago I, I guess that's still the you know, main thing. So this could be yeah. still considered as some kind of branding app rather than like a cash machine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But let's say what's there next in their portfolio. So there's this interesting soft launch, soft uh, launch titles that were soft launched the same day on December 2018, which is Candy Crush Cubes and Candy Crush Tales, And those were both, I guess, in their day's attempts to catch up with the competition, because Candy Crush yeah. Cubes is pretty much a tile blaster oh. again. Yeah, so, so i guess Peak, this, right? Yeah, this was their attempt to catch up with Peak, but uh, the last update of the game was 2019, so this seems dead. <laughs> it uh, did. And, yeah. I- this didn't okay. age well, uh, and uh, the <laughs> twist here was that instead of you making uh, like restoring a town, you were making a town yourself and kind of building it up level after level. But yeah, this okay. didn't fly. And wonder where they got the... that idea from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they have the Candy Crush Tales, which was I guess killed a little bit later, December 2019. That's the like last update date, Ooh. and this one is actually a direct. Uh, you know, punch at uh, Gardenscapes where the game is mm. even landscape. You have the usual restoring environment formula where you need to restore the candy line out of, out of the evil salt that's covering everything.
0: <laughs> evil salt? Yeah. Wow. You know, it's against sugar, okay. so normal. Uh, sure, of course. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> prime enemy of sugar. Make, make all, makes all the sense.
2: Exactly. Wait. And you even have the God usual God. Candy uh, Gardens case formula there. Like if you repair something, you, have to, you get yeah. to choose okay. out of three, you know, pretty similar equivalents and then you progress. So this didn't, again, fly off. But and this, this is
0: very similar to what they do on the, co- on the like copying the competitor ads. <laughs> it's just like don't work.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but other than that, there was nothing regarding their main account. So these are the last mm-hmm. titles, last thing released okay. on their account is Crash Bandicoot. So that was released uh okay. What was the date, sorry. Global launch okay. March 2021.
0: no year ago, oh. okay.
2: Yeah, so if we consider these games, the soft launch one not really flying well and then we omit can uh Crash Bandicoot, pretty much the most successful game lately is still the Friends Saga from 2017. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Normally, this, I would
1: be like, "Oh, that's a oof," but like, yeah, that's a
2: oof. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but then we have this other thing, which is called the Snowprint Studios. That King, uh, but, yeah, but acquired. Snowprint is
0: now, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, it's, still, now, it's still part of their portfolio, man. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because now they're, you know, they took back their game, the uh, Legends of Soulguard, and uh rebooted it, and it's actually making a kind of nice amount of money
2: uh it's currently making something in the city like 50k a month 50k a month yes.
0: yeah way way more okay at least when i checked it, it was way more
2: uh maybe you checked it somewhere in december 2019 or okay <laughs> that was like what like <laughs> they they, they, they were able to pump it up to like 700k a month okay but after that okay they pretty much went down again so yeah let's okay. me start with Snowden i the studios they... Uh, Snowprint, founded by Alexander Ekwal the former director of product at King, in
0: 2015, yeah. where we was... we are saying hi to Alexander because I know him. So uh, be yep. careful on what you are going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, a great deal.
2: So they closed their 5.7 million funding round in mid June, uh, 2015, if I get it right. And yeah, the uh, investment round was made in exchange for nearly two. Te- 29 percent of shares in the company valuing it almost at 20 million at the time and even there they were saying that the bifrost uh yeah. rpg was going to delayed, and this is the legend of soul if i get that right so legend yeah. of soul was soft launched in to- october 2017 it's an original ip yeah. but actually it was global launch in july 2018 um as yeah. regarding the gameplay um uh, curiously, it is using the gameplay of a really, really old Heroes of Might and Magic game from Ubisoft, released in 2019, Might and Magic Clash of Heroes, where you have this kind of a puzzle battle gameplay where you merge units before you attack and then the merge units attack on the battlefield. Uh, by the way, Supercell has a kind of similar core gameplay in their soft launch currently with Clash. Clash yeah.
0: Clash quest I know. so
2: there there's a lot of tries on this genre but uh, yeah as they release it uh you can clearly see pretty much the UA pump in the yeah in the downloads then it didn't really go well and then after the global launch they probably tried some kind of a new iteration yeah, or
0: they re- yeah they reworked the whole core basically yeah, yeah. and the, and they were able to actually
2: pump it up to like 700k a month but after that uh, yeah, the game's pretty much in still in decline. So as I okay. said...
0: Well, they they have now like two new games, so maybe they're just uh, focusing on that, like yes, Vanguard, probably. and then there's the War of Warhammer something. Yeah, we'll yeah.
2: get to that uh, immediately. Just want to say that the, yeah, the Soul Guard thing was pretty interesting, uh, especially as it tried to kind of mitigate that premium Heroes game into the mobile thing, I guess there's something behind it when even Supercell is doing some kind of similar core gameplay currently. But yeah, this didn't really kind of took off. So then we have the Revanguard game, which is uh, maybe taking a little bit of something from Heroes Formula again, because you have this kind of turn-based combat RPG, where we are using uh, your units in a turn-based gameplay on the grid, whereas you know some grid tiles have advantages or disadvantages based on your terrain uh, and stuff like that. So this was soft launch in July 2019 and global launch in January 2021. And again, the same scenario as SoulGuard currently, Uh, it, it was able to pump the revenue to somewhere like 300k a month, but then again ended in the same vicinity of 50k a month currently. So, yeah, unfortunately, trying to be successful in the RPG genre is really, really hard, so know that oh, from my own development experience.
0: is fucking hard yeah that's that's how it is and the last thing
2: in the uh, Snowprint portfolio is warhammer 4k tacticus which soft launched in october last year and the last update was uh, last april so i guess this is still going to be a global launch at some point it's, uh, it is using yeah. the warhammer ip and by looking at the game it seems it's using the Revenguard core where the combat is pretty similar and the uh, you know the whole formula seems pretty similar so i'm guessing they're either like improved on Revenguard or just like use some of parts of that game
1: there is is any like is the Warhammer fan base big enough to actually sustain like a really big mobile gaming success cuz they have so yeah. many games out like it's yeah. not I'm really not sure, like why everybody see so... right
0: yeah, you know I'm not how sure big they Why everybody's like, so excited min- about Warhammer IP? Miniatures are so IP.
2: big, like the physical products. They're so big, but not the mobile ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, because of course
2: <laughs> you would rather spend on real figurines that you need to paint. You know that's that's what Warhammer is about. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Like the IP
2: is pretty big. Like if you know the story, uh, this is the original StarCraft IP, by the way. That uh, that no, sorry that Starcraft wasn't allowed to use Warhammer IP, so they created the own, and that's how Starcraft was born. I think that's the story. Nice. So they were supposed to use Warhammer one, but uh, yeah. Last thing in the midcore attempt, let's say, is the Knighthood game, and this is the most yeah, interesting okay. one of them all uh, because it was soft launched in July 2018 as an original IP, and then global launch in February 2020. It has really, really interesting loop where it's the action-driven turn-based combat, which, yeah, the, the, the thing's
0: Dude, not I can't even I can't even say that. I can't yeah. even say that properly. But to, <laughs>
2: yeah, those are pretty much opposites, but uh, to imagine it, you pretty much use an ability... And then, during the usage of that ability, there's a quick time event that you can use different abilities. So, there's the action, but it's turn-based. So, you know, the normal normal loop there. It's really, really unique, very stylish graphics. Uh, After they launch it, again, there you can see the easy UA pump, a really, really big one, where the game was able to reach something like 1.7 million a month. But then, again, it declined sharply with the unfortunate Mm -hmm. shark fin. But...
0: Interesting. Unfortunate beat. shark fin. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's going to go, that's going to go to the quote of the week in my newsletter. Unfortunate shark fin <laughs> but that, the interesting part the interesting part is
2: that uh this game was taken by Phoenix Games in uh June twenty twenty one. Uh there's a studio I think currently by Klaus Kerstig uh which the new they're fair pretty game. much yeah, yeah, it's the new Flare games. And if you look at the numbers, actually, by the time, there you see an increase in new activity and actual scale in revenue going up. So they took the game somewhere in something like 300k a month, and now the game is doing 500k a month plus. So oh, that's like, nice. Yeah, so that's, that, that's the note that I was mentioning with uh, like Fresh New Ice. Uh, on UA as Mati said that actually another company took the game and was able to you know scale it a little bit at least but yeah 500k money isn't a bad game of course it's like a really good
0: result it took you only 50 minutes to go to this conclusion thank you very much oh my god Uh, all right yeah
2: yeah but yeah, King pretty much sold the rights. So, again, another one of their kind of mid-core attempts bite the dust. So we'll see yeah, what okay. happens with uh, <clears> the <throat> Warhammer game. But, yeah, I'm guessing they really, really want to diversify and they really, really need to, but probably they should go through M&A road. But now that they yeah, are, that's what they, I wanted to ask. They themselves are being M&A'd by Microsoft. I don't <laughs> think so they will get to
1: that. You need to M&A your M&A, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: We do put we, an MA <laughs> Do you even M A, bro? That's 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 the thing.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Any, any so, questions on the portfolio or the games? Man, it's just like when you have such a juggernaut that is king. Like normally you'd be like, "Oh yeah, they failed their mincore attempts," but like, dude, it's fine. <laughs> their games are that making yeah, so much money fine. that it's just, like it's it's raining money. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: okay. It's okay. But still, uh, wouldn't you be? Worried that you didn't launch a new game in the last four years or five years, uh, even in, in the Candy Crush universe. I mean, that's that's kind of worrisome. Yeah, like it? if you compare it to their
2: biggest competitor, which I would say is Playrix on the subgenre. Playrix kind of escaped yeah. this problem because they had the clone of Empires and Puzzles that they did, or they <laughs> had the studio f- did for them on their account, but they yeah. invested or acquired Nexter's. Which is an RPG. Yeah. Which is the big diversification they, they have on yeah. top of King.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah, they, this like puzzle um puzzle RPG they didn't continue, right? Yeah, they yeah. killed it. Yeah. Yeah, mm, but Hero be. was is killing okay. it
2: like I don't know how, how many <laughs> millions of mud even. Of course it
0: Yeah, I know, I know. I see their their ridiculous ads almost all the time. All yes. the fucking time. Okay, so what would be your suggestion to, to King accept the m and I mean, like, hey, guys, like, wake up. Um, there's the usual kind of innovation depth
2: that's being increased every yeah. year, <laughs> as I like to
0: say. So, yeah, yeah, innovation depth is my favorite.
2: Yeah, so uh, maybe there's something cooking that we don't see that's not being soft lunch or, you know, that could be in the works. Maybe
0: under a different account.
2: Yeah, yeah or maybe, maybe even, you know, hidden soft lunch under different account. Even Supercell did it last time, so why not? So I'm guessing they have something up their sleeve. Uh, yeah I would definitely try to get something out of the puzzle genre because yeah you're trying to you already like try to get over the tile blaster genre that didn't go well yeah you are the king of the classic match 3 genre already uh, maybe you know starting to be king in a different genre is easier than trying to get in your you know the, those last bits of your own genre so yeah I guess just innovate and innovate I would say because you, they have the money to do it, like you know, they can, they can, they can create three or four snowprint studios that can innovate midcore yeah, for them. Yeah, of course. Or or
0: buy buy one that's already buy, done. Buy. I would say buy because even if they create a, a, another studio like Snowprint, if they create it from their own employees, it's just not gonna work because they mm. don't have the expertise. It's just like yeah, <laughs> they don't have the expertise, unfortunately. Yes, yeah, that's, like, that's you know that. How it works? Yeah,
2: but that that's the same as, let's say, another example would be Voodoo, for instance. So Voodoo also also wanted to have like a casual studio in Berlin, and still there's like not they the game had the that, casual studio and yeah, yeah they but, killed the game recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's like this kind of a diversifying thing is really hard for for like one one
0: genre wide studios. It's, of course, it's hard. I mean, the, the whole game development is hard. Yeah, but that's uh, that's why we all love it. <laughs> that's why we all. Love yeah, it.
2: but easiest way out of this would be again acquire someone that that, that is there, but I don't know if there's some someone in in, in their, like needed size on the block currently. Because mm. you would need something you know. in in like I don't know five ten million a month. That I don't I don't think so. Yeah, there is at least
0: at least yeah, yeah yeah at least to be relevant to be, in the portfolio. Yeah, to be relevant. Yeah yeah. yeah. You know, like you don't you don't buy a company, then uh, you know, then you see like okay, so we need to teach them how to do things and not uh, the opposite. <laughs> That's yeah, what exactly. we want to do. Okay.
1: So this has been our longest episode ever. Uh, I think so. Should we? Yeah, I think so. Thanks, it. thanks <laughs> Jakub. Yeah, thanks yeah Jakub. No <laughs> No,
0: yeah, I think I think yeah, I think with uh, with that in mind, we discussed uh, what they should do on the UA side, on the on the ad monetization side, and then uh, also in terms of the game design. And just to mention again, um, you are doing such a great job, and uh, you definitely made our job really hard to find these uh, you know chinks or in the armor. So thank you very much for doing that, and also thank you very much, guys, for listening in and for subscribing so hit the subscribe button now (laughs) and uh until next time thank you very much bye-bye see ya